you pray with me? Father, as we open your word this morning, we pray for open hearts and minds, and that your Holy Spirit would move in our lives and help us to become more like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So when I was nine years old, I raced BMX bikes. And we were at a very large race, and my father had told me to stay on the grounds. And it was actually at a big college campus that had a gated area where we were at. And the way out of that gated area was one of those big turnstiles, and it just had three parts to it. And you kind of walk in, and it spins. Well, I really wanted to get out, and so I took my bike, and I headed to that turnstile. And as I went into the turnstile, it occurred to me just a little bit too late that my bike didn't actually fully fit. But they don't go backwards. So I lodged my bike in this turnstile. Now, it was a good eight, well, it looked like it was about 12 feet tall, but I think I was nine, so it was probably about eight feet tall. It was open at the top, and there were, you could kind of climb up it, but I'm looking, my bike is stuck. I'm stuck in here thinking, do I climb out and leave my bike? There are some people starting to come wanting to go through it. What in the world am I going to do? Now, I would imagine you haven't recently gotten your BMX bike stuck in a turnstile. But there are probably some problems in your life that come up. And you have to make a decision on how you're going to handle those problems. This morning, as we look at that reading in Samuel, there are two groups, the elders of Israel and Samuel, the prophet or judge. They both have problems, but they handle them very differently. And I want to see what we might learn from the ways they handle their problems and bring that into our lives. First Samuel chapter 8. This is how our reading begins. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. Samuel is their leader right now. Samuel is both a prophet and a judge in Israel. They said to him, you are old. And boy, that sounds mean. But I don't think they mean it that way. They're just recognizing he's getting elderly. And your sons do not follow your ways. And that is true. If you read previous to chapter 8, you will see that Samuel's sons are corrupt. So here's what's happening. The leadership of Israel is recognizing our great leader is getting to the point where he's not going to be able to lead us anymore. And his sons are corrupt. We don't want them leading us. They are coming to Samuel with a problem. A problem about their future. You ever had an issue about your future? It being unknown or scary, or wondering how things are going to work out, or even looking down a particular path, they're looking at Samuel's sons and going, that would be terrible. So they can see a particular path. So they come with a very legitimate problem. But here's how they handle it. They say to him, now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. They come to Samuel with their own solution. And here's what's missing. There is no God in that solution. What they do is what I've done, 
I would imagine some of you, if not all of you, have done at some point. They decide they have the best answer. Why? Because they're impatient and because they're not willing to see what is it that God might want. Instead, they want to do it their way. Here's what's interesting. Moses had actually told the people they would get a king. So it's not that they wanted a king that was the issue. It was the timing. Has your timing ever been different than God's? You ever wanted something a little faster than maybe God wanted it? So it's not that they wanted a king that was the issue. It's they wanted a king now. And listen to the description. As all the other nations have, they have a particular kind of king they want. And and I'll describe the king to you. In this particular period of time, a king did not hang back and send people into war. Your king tended to be the big, strong fighter who charismatically leaded, lead, leaded, led everybody else. <laughs> I was an English major. <laughs> into battle. It was something tangible, physical. You could see it. Let me ask you, how much easier is it to trust what we can see than what we can't? They wanted a king like everybody else. Then they wouldn't be judged by the other nations, and they would have this physical, imposing presence. And by the way, you get one description of Saul, who's the first king. It's the king that God gives them, and this is the description. He's a head taller than everybody else. God gives them exactly what they wanted. In a king. We'll come back to that. So the problem is not necessarily that Samuel's getting old and his sons are corrupt. That's real. The problem is their solution. They want to solve it themselves and their time in doing it their way. Now Samuel also has a problem. Here's what happens with Samuel. But when they said, give a king to lead us, that displeased Samuel. And I would imagine it displeased him for a number of reasons. Number one, he really does love this people. He's been leading them. And Samuel probably doesn't think this is the best thing. Number two, it's rejection. Have you ever been rejected? I mean, Samuel has faithfully led this people for decades. And now they're going, we're going to move on from you and your family. So that rejection, that's all part of this for Samuel. But look at his response. It is very different from Israel's. So, he prayed to the Lord. That's his very first response. When he gets this issue, when it comes up in his life, he doesn't immediately jump to an answer that he thinks will be best. He prays to the Lord. So, for Samuel, instead of what the people do by running ahead of God... Samuel waits on the Lord. Samuel turns to the Lord instead of away from the Lord. That kind of response, I want to argue in just a moment, is such a better response than what many of us, myself included, often do. And I want to show you a little of why. So, I present to you kind of two options. When problems arise in your life, do you turn to you and expediency and what you think is best or to God to see what he has. 
And the Sunday school answer is, we turn to God. But deep down in our hearts, what do we actually do? And I want to suggest a couple of reasons why we should follow what Samuel did. Number one, we don't have the full picture. Every decision that we make, we are missing parts of the whole picture. So in this particular text, look what happens when Samuel comes to the Lord. And the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected. Here's the first thing Samuel already has wrong. Samuel's the one feeling rejected. Because his vision of this whole circumstance is they're rejecting him. And God wants to come and say, wait, that's not the whole picture. You're missing something. He says to him, it is not you they have rejected. They have rejected me as their king. Samuel's missing part of the information, even though he makes the right decision. But the people are also missing part of the information. Look what he continues with. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, now they're doing it to you. Listen to them, but warn them. Let them know what the king who reigns over them will claim as his rights. Now, we're not going to read this, but if you keep going in the chapter, he delineates. Here's a bunch of things you're not thinking about. You could get this great king, but these are the things he's going to do to you. Those are the parts of the story we don't always have. Have you ever made a decision and then later regretted it and said to yourself, if only I had known this. If only I had realized this. Because we're missing part of the picture. So back in 2000, Blockbuster Video was worth $6 billion. And a small startup company, two guys, got to meet with them in Dallas, Texas at their headquarters and wanted to offer their business to Blockbuster for $50 million, buy our business. The CEO of Blockbuster said no, wouldn't give them a time of day. And some of the rationale behind that was, well, what kind of market really is there to send videos to people's homes? And the whole idea of streaming, I mean, the internet, there's no way it can handle that. Ten years later, Blockbuster was in bankruptcy. And Netflix, well... Blockbuster was worth $6 billion. Netflix today is worth $231 billion. Do you know if the CEO had known the entire information? We wouldn't have a Netflix today. We'd all be watching Blockbuster. <laughs> but even somebody as smart as the CEO of Blockbuster didn't have all the information. We don't have all the information. God does. Number two, not only do we not have all the information, but listen to this. God wants to help us. If you think of this particular story, what is so fascinating to me is when Samuel comes to God, he's got it wrong. He's missing the fact that they're actually rejecting God. But when he comes to God, God doesn't do this. Oh, Samuel, you've got this so messed up. How could you not? I mean... I'm the one getting rejected here. 
you don't see any attitude with God. You just see a simple no Samuel. In fact, it almost comes across as a comfort. It's not you, Samuel. They're rejecting me. But even more, think of the people. The people have rejected God, and they've turned their own way. And you know what God does? He says to Samuel, I want you to warn them. God still wants to help rebellious Israel. I want you to go and tell them what they're trying to get themselves into. Because I don't want them to make this decision. God wants to help his people. And you see this all the way through the scriptures. I was just having a conversation with somebody about the Garden of Eden. That particular story, when Adam and Eve eat of the fruit, and then God kicks them out of the garden, that looks on the surface like nothing but a punishment. However, the next thing that happens is God guards the tree of life. Do you know why? So that they will not go back and live eternally in their fallen state. God is still caring for his people. Let me ask you right now, would you want to live forever in the current body you are in? Anybody completely happy with that? I mean, I am only 47 years old, and I still wake up with creaks and groans, and things hurt like they didn't used to hurt. And I don't want this to be eternity. God was looking out for his people even by removing them from the ability to eat from the tree of life at that point. Until... If you go to Revelation 22, there is another tree of life until we can be fully redeemed. Now live eternally as fully redeemed people. God wants to help his people. We just moved into this new home, and it was a spec home. And two doors down from us is the builder. The builder gave me his cell phone. That was not smart on his part. So as we're going through our home, and it's a new home, and so like there's little things that are wrong here and there, and well, I just send them a text, and another text, and another text. And at some point, my wife very appropriately said, please don't text him on the weekends. Like, give the guy a break. And I started thinking, okay, I maybe over-texted this guy a little bit. And so I sent him an apology. I'm like, look, I am sorry. Uh, I'm texting you so much. And he wrote me back this. Don't apologize. That's my home. I want it to be the best it possibly can. You text me whenever you need me to come fix something. How much more do you think God cares about us? You can't text him too much. He cares that much about his people. He wants to help his people. So, two positive things for us to consider. Number one, we don't have all the, 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 the facts. We don't have everything. He does. Why not go to him? Number two, he wants to help. And then here's the warning. And I'll end with this warning. Sometimes God will give you what you ask for. Even when it's not what is best for you. Because that's the way God is. He is a gentleman. He rarely forces his will upon you. Rather, he wants you in relationship to him. To come to him because you want to. He wants you to follow his will because you want to be obedient. And so what will ultimately happen in this scene, they will get the king they asked for. They will get the guy that's the head taller than everybody else. They will get that charismatic leader that can lead them in battle. And then you read the story of Saul. He is not a great king. 
he will end up hurting Israel, just as God warned them he would do. Because God was looking for something different in a king. Be careful, my friends. If you really want something that God doesn't want for your life and you push enough, he might give it to you. And you may not want that. But we have an opportunity instead to turn to him and to seek what he wants for our lives. So one of the things this home has is a balcony. We've never had a balcony before at a house. And we sit out there all the time. And we like sitting outside. What's nice about this area is we're able to sit outside a little longer than what we could sit in Texas. Because it gets way too hot way too soon and far too long. So sitting outside. But when we sit outside, our dog constantly brings the ball to my wife to throw it. And my wife, as we're talking, it's very, she just keeps throwing and keeps throwing. And that dog will just keep going. She's a lab. I mean, she loves, she'd play fetch until she passed out if you'd let her. And so she just keeps bringing the ball and keeps bringing the ball. But we're sitting up on this balcony. It's a second story. And the dog is bringing the ball. And my wife's like, no, like, we can't throw the ball for you. And then, no, no, no. And so she walks away. A little while she comes back with the ball again. No, we're all finished. She goes away. She comes back with the ball again. Finally, I took the ball and I threw it off the balcony. This is what you want, right? And my wife was like, what are you doing? Because my dog's kind of crazy. And so I had to jump up and stand by the balcony just to make sure she didn't leap over to go get the ball. But she gets over the balcony and she's looking and she's like, ah, ah. I gave her exactly what she wanted. But it is not what she wanted. She hasn't done it since that point. It's been a couple of days. Now, she'll forget. She'll do it again. But it's been a couple of days where she gets out there with me on the balcony, and she doesn't even bring me the ball now. She just sits down with it. <laughs> Can we learn this lesson? God knows more than we know. Always. God wants to help us. When we have our problems, bring it to him. And as just a warning, sometimes you want to push God may give you what you want. You may end up regretting that. Because sometimes what we want is not what's best for us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. That you guide and inspire and lead and, and convict us through your word. That we might follow you more faithfully as disciples of Jesus. Lord, help us to come to you first. And to have enough patience to wait on you as we work through the problems of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.